Greetings, welcome, hey yo! And to my peeps, sac passe. I'm Herdeen Mercier. I'm a licensed clinical social worker, certified grief coach, and host of Redefining Grief Podcast. I'm super excited that you're tuning in today. I want to let you know that I strongly believe in creating non-judgmental spaces where broken hearts can be seen, heard, and validated. You got that right. Seen, heard, and validated. I also believe that it is vital. Do you hear me? It is vital that you understand the premise of my belief that sadness and happiness can coexist in a delicate balance. I want to let you know that today I am really excited. I'm really excited because I have so many emotions. I have those emotions of preparing for this podcast episode where I was thrilled. I was excited. Then it brought back memories that made me sad. Um, I cried. I had a little anxious part of me as well. But I just think it's going to bless you and benefit you to hear two really good girlfriends. My good girlfriend, childhood friend, Ismaine. She's more like a sister to me now. Um to hear our journey of talking about an individual so dear to our hearts, our good, 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 good girlfriend who passed away. Her name was, she was affectionately known as Shasha. And today for the very first time, Ismaine and I will be discussing the heartache, the pain, what we remembered, um, what happened? Do we still think about her? What is it? We'll be discussing that on today's, on today's podcast. And it's vital that you understand that this episode is our experience. Remember, I always say you cannot police anyone's grief. And so what we remembered about that day is true to us. And we hold very dear to our heart, not to show blame or um, have any mal intentions towards anyone, towards anyone. In preparing for this, I had to anchor down in truth. I had to anchor down in my heartache. We also had to connect together as sister friends, as Maine and I, and then reflect through our faith what we learned as well as what is it that we wanted to get from having this conversation? And the answer to that is we wanted to come to a place of restoration. And without further ado, I want to introduce to you my dear friend, Ismaine Jean Lewis is the proud graduate from the University of Florida with a bachelor's degree in psychology. At UF, she also earned a master's of art in counseling. My girl, Ismaine, is currently a full-time doctoral student in clinical psychology at Adler University. My friend is a licensed mental health counselor. Oh my God, what can you do with two really good friends being clinicians? You know, it's nothing but great, great talk when we get together. 
And I could not introduce her without saying, go Gators. She lucky, I love her. That I will say go Gators on Redefining Grief Podcast. Well, to tell you the truth, I would say any college on Redefining Grief Podcast because I have no particular team. (laughs) That's just me. Without further ado, please introduce or let me introduce my amazing friend, Ismaine Jean Lewis. Welcome to Redefining Grief podcast with her Dean Mercier. And today I am so honored that I have my friend, my childhood friend, my sister, matron of honor. She also shares the birthday with my firstborn, Azriel, September 30 babies. And my best friend, I don't know how else to say it. She drives me crazy, but I am crazy in love with her. Her name is Ismaine Jean Lewis. <laughs> Welcome to Redefining Grief, boo-boo. Thank you for having me. Now, don't act all shy. <laughs> <laughs> you know you can talk. I'm not even going to listen to you. <laughs> That's what friends do. We tease and we love on each other. And today's episode is so special to me because my Izzy, it's my first guest ever to be on my podcast. And I'm just super stoked about that. I really wanted this first guest to be something of a milestone that I will never forget. And this one is going to be a little bit difficult, I think, for the both of us, right, Izzy? Yeah, I think I'll never forget that. Yes. <laughs> uh, yes. And um, for me, I one of the things that I said that I want to do as a host is bring genuine conversations that allows you to stretch in your grief journey to make you realize that grief recovery or getting to that place of restoration is real and it can happen. And so for today's episode, I thought it would be best that you hear the first time my heart broke, is main heart broke, um, and losing our best friend. Our childhood best friend died in 1996. She's yeah. affectionately known as Shasha. Um, in preparing for this interview, I started thinking about her a lot more and just kind of going back to the day that we found out Ismaine. Mm-hmm. And when I tell you it was very emotional for me, some of the stuff that was coming up, I have to tell you that the mind knows how to store information and memory. And so... In welcoming you and opening up your heart this evening with me, what do you remember about that day? You better not let me go there. <laughs> You're going to go there. So I remember because I was accustomed to my parents picking me up from school mm-hmm. and taking us out, me and my siblings taking us out from school and we'll go on some family trips or whatever. But that particular day, they were asked about 
your schedule and your sister and your sister just happened to be in the same class it was mm-hmm. class period mm-hmm. so now I'm reliving it like it was just the same day mm-hmm. so I remember my dad because my dad came to pick us up and he was like oh what about early and her dean and mm-hmm. I was like they're here and I had no idea what was going on so of I was course. like yeah Early's in that class, and then Early had to say what class you were in, mm-hmm. and we were working out, and unbeknownst to us what was happening, we had no clue, as if like, okay, you want to, you know, check us out, okay, we had to call your your mom mm-hmm. to get permission from your mom, it was a big hoopla, because we had to go to the office, go call your mom, mm-hmm. and it was just like, no, we have to, we have to find her mom, and blah, blah, blah. And it didn't dawn. It didn't make any sense. They did act with us, another friend of ours. Mm-hmm. But you guys, because I think knowing how close we were before we knew the storm yeah. was coming. Mm-hmm. And we just looked like, oh, okay, we're getting picked up early. I know. I remember the day. I remember the day. I remember us walking through Boyd Anderson High School. Yeah. Um. Um, as a matter of fact, I was there not too long ago, and that memory came back of me thinking, "What? Fuezai's picking us up from yeah, school? Yeah, I'm thinking like he's not our dad. How is he able to sign us out from school? And we're looking at each other like, let's go. Yeah, like whatever, <laughs> whatever. You know, let's just go with him. Exactly. And um, well, I remember getting in the gold orange Chevy. Yes. And I remember sitting in the back seat of the Chevy um, and we were just chilling and relaxing. And then I remember your dad driving us to the church, but he said, but he said to us, we were going to go. What did he say? We were supposed to go to Sasha's house and we were like, bye. And then they detoured and took us to church and we stayed a little bit at the church. Yeah, because my mom came out, because back then my mom was working at the daycare. They had a daycare, and mm-hmm. I think it was before they had a school, mm-hmm. or they had a school. And they just looked at us. Nobody's saying anything. Nobody's like, saying we're anything. We're just looking like, okay, we're yeah. just at this church, like, whatever. Mm-hmm. And still didn't click, like, as to what's going on. And my dad pacing up and down, and my dad brought us to the interim pastor. I don't know if he was yes. a pastor, pastor, but he had just fairly, he was fairly new. To the church. And we, yeah, and we went, he took us to his house, and we were like, okay. So we went to the pastor's house, I remember that. And yeah. I remember sitting outside of the pastor's. No, we were inside. No, we were outside. No, we were inside. We were inside his living room. We left after it was set. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Because my dad was still pacing. Then he drives us to his house, the pastor's home. When we sat down at his house, he started to tell us, do we know what death is? I would never never forget. I won't. Because I'm like, who are you? And that's when you got upset. And I was just like, how dare you ask us what's going on? And my dad, by he then, couldn't hold it. he couldn't hold it anymore. He was more weak than we were. I know. And he said, 
Yes. And fell off on the floor. Yes. Then we were breaking out. And yes. Like, what do you mean? We just talked to her. Because by then we didn't know. Because mm-hmm. we had spoken to her the night prior. Yes. We had a three-way, three-way conversation with her, not knowing it would be our last time. But in remembering the conversation is main. Like when I remember when your dad... He had been with us two, three hours at that point, but he mm-hmm. said nothing. Yeah. And then the pastor was trying to break it down to us. And then I guess he could, I remember him shaking. He couldn't hold it anymore. And he just said, Shasha had died and we lost it. Like yeah. we lost it. Emotionally, we were a wreck. And when we go back and thinking about our last conversation with her, mm-hmm. I always questioned, did she know? Because we were all on the phone with her and I remember saying, Sasha, what happened? What happened? We heard you passed out at the time she went to Stranahan. We heard you passed out in school and you had to take an ambulance to the hospital. Yeah. And you had to take an ambulance. Yes. Are you, you had to take an ambulance to the hospital. Are you okay? Yeah, my head, my head was hurting really bad. My head was hurting really bad. And then I said, well, I remember us, her dad was rushing her off the phone. I remember that point, like you have to go to bed, there's school tomorrow. And then I remember us saying, we'll see you at church on Friday night. And this is what I will never forget is her response. If God is willing. Wow, you remember more than I did. Because the only thing that stuck in my head Uh is me Mm -hmm. um, really, really, really going on and on about how you got to take care of yourself. You can't, you need to eat breakfast. Because I was really stuck in that headspace where like, this wouldn't have happened. You wouldn't have passed out because she was in the habit of skipping breakfast. And it was like, why aren't you eating? If this is the cause of this, mm-hmm. why aren't you doing that? Yeah. And then later on, you yeah. find out, wow. Yeah. It was more to it. It was more to it. And I, and I say to my, and I, I just remember, and that's why anytime somebody says, if God is willing, it takes me back to her. And to know that night, to know that that was the last time we talked to her, I was grateful we got to say, I love you. We spent a lot of time together, you know, and we cried. We cried. I don't even know how long we were at the pastor's house, but I remember us crying, like wailing. Yeah, we weren't there that long because I think after he disclosed that, we did not because our whole objective by then mm-hmm. we need to go and see for it. well I know for me mm-hmm. personally I was not a believer until because in my head my headspace was I just talked to her what are you talking about yeah and now it was big for me because I just talked to her mm-hmm. you can't tell me anything we were just on the phone together yeah what just last night like about? what are you talking about like, dude, it, we just spoke. I'm going to see this girl, like, in a few hours. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. And I remember us getting to Glad's house, her mom's house. 
and her dad's house and her sister's house. And I remember us getting out the car and everybody looking at us. Cause you know, we were the crew. We were the crew. Well, you saw one, you saw all. You saw all, like we were the crew. And I will never forget us entering or seeing San Glad for the very first mm-hmm. time. Do you remember what she said is mean? Um, you know, I wish I remember exactly her phrase. Right now, I'm just picturing her about to like jump at us, but not literally jump uh-huh. at us, on her bed coming to us. Uh-huh. on her bed because as soon as we walked in uh-huh. we were the reminder of her child yeah we she were... just saw her kid and, and it was just like take us away i think they removed us yes they moment. took us away but before they took us away from she her something and i can't she said she said me equipla. yes she said me equipla. and I just remember like and for those who don't speak Creole, it's just like here's the gang. Yeah, there goes the crew. There goes the crew. Here's the gang. And her daughter wasn't a part of the gang. And it was who and I just remember getting weak and falling out on her bed. And then we were gone again because the house went up into a well in a cry and um it was just so much to see us and not see her Mm -hmm. so it was just like like the gang is here but my daughter isn't here and I think we lost it at that point. And I have to tell you, after that, I don't remember too much. And there goes where your friend comes in. Yeah. Like, <laughs> tell me, friend. I ever forget. <laughs> how do I ever forget my crazy friend? Because <laughs> that resulted in thereafter. <laughs> so my crazy friend, Herdine, decided. Because when we walked in and she said that and the whole big commotion, I think my mom was with us. About that time, we were passed off. My mm-hmm. mom was the one with us then because nobody, because we just wanted answers and nobody could give that to us because we wanted to see for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Especially me, Ismay wanted to be a believer mm-hmm. of, of it. I wanted to see her in person dead. Like, mm-hmm. I was not a believer. But I had a friend named Herdine. So, <laughs> what yeah. happened, friend? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not your friend. No, I, will, I will bring it back to life for you. <laughs> this is part of, you know, back then you didn't know we would have seen this part. And that's mm-hmm. when we would be grieving part. So my friend Herdine, they're trying to pull us out the people's house. <laughs> Because somebody started ah, all on the ground. <laughs> so they took us out for some fresh air. Because I never forget, you know whose words I'll never forget? Because when you started crying and we started crying, Miss Breeson said, mm-hmm. 
what would you prefer? Because my answer to her was, I'd rather have her in a vegetative state. Mm-hmm. She said, do you want her to be pain-free and at rest? Or do you want her to be in this vegetative state? And my selfish self said, yeah, I'd rather have her right here and I can look at her. And, and this is the point that I'm trying to make that here we were from the pickup at school and we, we, the details of what happened that day is so personal. I speak about this all the time on the podcast. Your grief journey is personal. It's like your own DNA. It's like a zebra. We have its own print. Here we are at the same place. We mm-hmm. remember details like I remember certain things that I've carried in my heart you Mm -hmm. remember certain things like I remember Meg I remember her saying the last word she said to us if God is willing she -hmm. will see us on that Friday and you remember Sister B yep and they took your behind outside me too Mm because we both had to go out for fresh air I don't know why we're (laughs) packing and somebody tried to just Run into two traffic. So, Ismaen is basically saying that I got so (laughs) that I got so. um, (laughs) You were in such distraught. Uh huh. Yeah. Your distress carried you. Now let me go to the street. Yes. They had to go and pull your behind off the traffic. I remember early telling, "What are you doing? Calm it Uh down." Uh-huh. But she was like, no, let me go. Let me go. <laughs> I said, don't let me go. Okay. Somebody had to be left behind. And, and you know, right. you know what is made? I have no memories of jumping into the traffic. I, I said to you, that's why I said I will bring it back to you. Because a lot of your behavior, I got the consequences for. <laughs> yes. Yes. After and so. <laughs> you went and inserted yourself i'm gonna run into traffic yes so you were under a watch yes i was under watchful yes watchful eye i was very under i was under watchful eye i was very distraught and i think literally after seeing her after seeing sound glad it made it made oh shoot this is real and And i was still in disbelief at that point though really yeah, I really wanted to see her because then it started, but I was like, no, I have to see her in person to mm-hmm. really be a believer because mm-hmm. I still had some kind of hope that my friend isn't gone because mm-hmm. I was still hanging on with, I just spoke to her. Mm-hmm. What do you mean? There was nothing wrong with her except for this headache she had. Mm-hmm. All she had to do was eat breakfast. Like, what are you people talking about? Yeah. Yeah. And but, so I yeah. I don't remember any of that. Of afterwards. Don't. I don't. I know. But that's what you're here for, right? <laughs> okay, absolutely. <laughs> no, no. We're laughing at right now. Because after that incident, we were taken to my house. Yes. For the watch. And then yeah. it was decided upon. Some people can't sleep by themselves. Mm-hmm. We all cannot be. The crew couldn't be left alone. So we, yes. they had to keep us together in mm-hmm. whose house. So now we had to decide whose house. While my mom is, 
I'm remembering this. My mom is on the floor by then. Mm-hmm. Now she's able to grieve and cry out. Because they were kind of keeping it together so that we wouldn't be, you know, on notice or know what the hell was going on, basically. But um, the truth of the matter is one of the anchors, and people don't understand this. I've developed these anchors that I feel helps you with grief is telling the truth about grief, telling the truth about your heartache Mm -hmm. in regards to grief. The very second one is the connection, finding community. And mm. in experience, the third one is finding community. And experiencing my first death ever of a friend, um, I remember us quickly getting in community. Like we stayed together. We were at your mom's yeah. house. We slept yeah. over each other's house. Yeah. It even went on to us after the funeral, spending time at Sanglad's house with her, like just being in this tight community, we grieved, we cried, we laughed. Um, We did things with each other during such a hard time. So when I tell you that I developed these anchors, just not, I'm developing them out of experiencing, having experienced something or my own heartbreak and, I found it to be very soothing to have been around you, to have been around my sister, to have been around our very close-knit friends at the time. And when I think about it, I think that's what got us through. And I have to say, um, I don't know if it's just the Haitian culture. You let me know if it's other cultures out there. You have to imagine for our church, that was very, it's a very large church. Mm-hmm. This was the very first childhood teen teenagers death that they had ever experienced like never before and so I felt we were robbed of a grieving process not because of out of malicious act I just think they didn't know what to do with us so the ideal is okay um because of at the time you waited two weeks to have a funeral literally she Mm -hmm. was she died Yes. Yeah. They were really quick to bury her. She died on a Thursday. Um, Friday came Saturday. I remember us shopping for our clothes at the mall. Yeah. Um, no view. We We didn't get invited to to the, yes. Yeah. We We didn't get invited to the viewing. We didn't get invited. He tried to restrict us from going to our own front. And I think part of me had these senses, part Mm -hmm. of that. Mm-hmm. process as you we were speaking mm-hmm. and it was just like why withhold so much from people mm-hmm. when it's part of it and it was just one of those things we were crying that was your behavior mm-hmm. from that car then mm-hmm. a decision by we didn't know this man and we're looking at him like who you said what we're not going where when the viewing is going to be at the church or whatever why couldn't we go so we decided I live closest, we could walk. And then my mom looked at us and like, I'll bring you guys. Mm-hmm. Not, not going to come. Nobody's going to do that to you. But there were threats getting thrown here and there mm-hmm. of not allowing us to go if we're going to behave in the way that we be our grieving process. And this is why I say do not police people's grief. And when you look back at it, Izzy, I really they didn't know what to do with us. 
because we were an emotional wreck, an emotional wreck. They were hurting. We were hurting. And no one really knew they are, their goal was to shut us up. And when I say shut us up, not in a malicious way, like, okay, guys, calm down, be pat us on the back and say, everything is going to be okay. But it wasn't, it wasn't, we, it hurt like hell. It hurt. It was very, they were hurting too. And so this is not to show blame or say blame to anyone that was in leadership at the time. It's just looking back and saying, this is why I'm on a mission to redefine grief so that no one ever experienced that muffled experience when it comes to experiencing grief. And remember, I always say grief is not just the death of someone. It could be a loss of a job, dealing with the illness, so many hats. Grief wears so many hats and so many different emotions come with grief. And I remember us lining up to enter the church that Sunday and probably sitting down in the sanctuary for two seconds, three minutes. Yeah. <laughs> you hear, know why? Because there goes the policing again. Yes. Somebody, well, I'm not going to say any name, Herdine. And then I'll never forget who it was. Brother Josiah. Yes. Really? He, they were like police number one, police number two. They looked over. They say you take one, you have to take the other. To this day, I don't think I ever laid eyes on Shasha on that grave. Wow. And I felt robbed mm-hmm. of not seeing her because part of me, I wanted to connect like this is real. Mm-hmm. And I think while they had us in the air, mm-hmm. I was able to briefly glance at her and then they took us out. Yeah. And they put us in the back sanctu- sanctuary. Like yeah. we didn't, we didn't and even, to now the t- we heard her service, but I didn't feel like we were a part of her service. Wow. You heard. I was, yeah. I, I don't remember anything except for getting picked up and escorted out. Uh-huh. I do have this vivid memory of Lala, her sister, looking into the casket, kissing her, and then that was that was the last thing I saw. That was the last thing. And I'm like, they took you behind first, and then they look like they need to take me too. Yes, I'm sorry, Ismaine. I apologize. No, you're good. Let me tell you something. <laughs> What people need to understand, too, even while you're grieving, Mm -hmm. there are bits and moments Mm -hmm. that will cause you to laugh. And there's nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. Two people that made us laugh. My mom, Mm -hmm. who was rolling on the floor crying. Mm -hmm. It stopped us to just laugh at her. Although (laughs) we're grieving our own stuff. Mind you, her dean just tried to run into traffic. Not laughing at a lady on her couch Mm -hmm. rolling on the floor. Yeah. And then our good friend Curtis called us on the phone. And all, she was ruminating this one phrase. Yes. She didn't even graduate. graduate. She and didn't even graduate. Day, that helped me get through. If yeah. I or not, I will forever remember Curtis. Yeah. And that. Yeah. But you have caused me. 
not to be part of that funeral. Soon as we hey, go, you know, we were we're the equip. So if one had to go, we all had to go. At least one of us could have stayed and watched. <laughs> <laughs> I never understood. I'm like, they took one out because we were together, mm-hmm. and they made sure we wore pants just for the purpose. Mm-hmm. But. For those of you who don't know, we were in a very conservative church setting, mm-hmm. and so wearing pants was a big deal, and they mm-hmm. made the exception for us for that day, mm-hmm. given the situation we were all facing. Mm-hmm. Sudden death of a teenager, barely, you know, last year in high school, there's that. Mm-hmm. So it was one of those things where, why am I? getting punished yeah my dearest friend though and i don't get to see but in the midst of being in the air i was able to glimpse and when when his main says she's in the air literally a group of guys picked us up and took us out of the church and we went to the back room and that was it that was it and they kept us there and so When I think about it, I, I, I have to look at it and say, that was their way of saying, I'm going to protect them. I'm going to protect everybody because the moment we went, the, the entire church started up again. Um, and then they had the mom. So they had so many things that they were looking at. So I get it. But then I'm just like, we got to do better. That's what they knew. They were trying to protect us while removing us from the situation. Mm-hmm. And I'm guessing that they could control and not seeing us hurt so much in a nutshell, I think, for the most part. But then, you know, that's not what you're seeing, Mm-mm. which is why I'm appreciating what you said, because I don't think I would have um, interpreted like that. Really? No, because I was just, well, now that I know now, mm-hmm. what I know now, then then it was just like, I hovered a lot of that, like, why mm-hmm. not let us mm-hmm. do what we needed to do? To as far as grieving? That. Yeah. At least to experience, to experience that part, mm-hmm. because I know my our parents were alone, like your mom. Mm-hmm. My mom, they were supporting us and whatever we need. Because when the threat was made, uh, I guess I'm still feeling some kind of way about that. Mm-hmm. When the threat was made about us not making it, I immediately was defensive about it. And mm-hmm. like, how are you going to stop us? And I think the two of us by then said, we can walk. Yes, we did. We protest for, our, we advocated for ourselves. I was like, y'all not going to take us? We will walk. We can walk. Oh, mm. her house is over there. So mm. we'll just be at the house, sleep mm-hmm. over there, and walk here. What do you mm. mean? This is our friend. So what are you saying? Like you couldn't and I Who think, did that threat is me? It, it was a pastor. It was just oh. like for me, it was just like, where did you come from? You just got to the church and our friend died, and now you're gonna tell us what's gonna happen? No, sir. That's not how it goes down. We'll tell you how it happens. But mm-hmm. I think for me, I felt like he was just pushing weight that he didn't really have. 
Mm. And I didn't understand, like, my dad is sitting there. You're over here lingering, going back to even how he told us she died. Mm. While my dad flat out, those of y'all who don't know my dad, he's a very emotional theme. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He's in tune with his emotions, and I love it. Like Very much. Yes. I think, but you know what is main? And this is what I, in my teaching and my knowledge about grief is he was trying to, in text, um, he was trying to make it intellectual and grief is not intellectual. Mm-hmm. You cannot heal a broken heart. Like you can seek wisdom, but you have to do the work. You have to go through the process to really heal during your grief Mm, i like that yeah you really have to do it and we was people were trying to give us the book version of okay we don't cry and then the other version that we were getting was the faith about trust god that you will see her again you're talking to grievers you're talking to um 15 and a 16 year old mm-hmm. so however old we were at the time we were in high school i was a freshman in high school you were a senior and we're you're talking to us this is our first death experience this is not the time to push jesus down our throats yeah this is not the time this is the time and that's why i preach this I want you to be seen. I want your emotions to be seen. I want you to be heard and I want you to be validated. I don't think we got that. I don't think we got that. And I think they thought for our good, for the betterment of us was to muffle us. And um, it didn't work out too well. Mm. Well, we got sent to the back room of the church. Um, now we got removed. We got removed. And what we wanted to, I know for me, uh-huh. what I wanted to see. Mm-hmm. Because for me, I really wanted to put the faith with the thoughts that I was hearing. Mm-hmm. If my friend is really dead, I want to be the one to know. Mm-hmm. I want to be the one to see and to verify. Yeah. I think I've always been that one to verification is always needed so that's what you needed um i just want to be able to show my emotions verification yeah so your thing was verification my thing was i want to be able to grieve i want to be able to grieve and express myself that is not going to cause harm um you know, I've learned my lesson. Well, I don't remember uh-huh. running in front of uh-huh. vehicles. I'm glad you did. Yes, I don't remember running, but I trust my friend. She said I ran in front of vehicles. I ran in front of the vehicles. Because I was dumb. I was like, oh, Lord, I don't know. But uh-huh. now we're going to lose. I'm going to lose two people. Yeah, yeah. And we can't have that. And that's where it was just like, dude, you got to be safe. And I'm just like, I can't run after you mm-hmm. in the traffic. We can't lose two. Yeah, we can't. Individual. And I think that's when we got the lecture from Ms. B. Uh-huh. We have preferred for her to be in a vegetative state or be at peace. And I have no memory of that, but friend, I, I trust said, you. I rather the vegetative state. Yeah. Would be here. Yeah. And that's and and what people don't understand as grievers, you can be very selfish, mm-hmm. but 
but allow yourself to have that selfish feeling and then get to a place of clarity. Allow, allow it to happen and then get to a place of clarity. How do you honor her? How do you honor our dear friend, Shasha? I know for the first few years, I know and after she died, and I don't know if that was guilt when we used to make it a point to go to her mom's house to mm-hmm. spend time with her. I think that was part of that, mm-hmm. to have the connection. I don't know if it was total guilt or whatever. It was just like, somebody's got to be with her mom now that she's gone. Mm-hmm. And I know- I don't know if both, it's guilt, Ismaine. I don't both know Both of if... us were spent at some point because mm-hmm. it was just like- We would sleep over- we would sleep over, but for how long? Because mm-hmm. we were now we were evolving as mm-hmm. as people. Mm-hmm. We were going to college. We were doing this, but because I won't forget her. Mm-hmm. Because when we spent a longer amount of time away from her, she would see us mm-hmm. as long as we were together. Mm-hmm. If we came in in a pair, wherever she saw us, she would well mm-hmm. with tears mm-hmm. because like you said may keep mm-hmm. the crew was together so all she had to do is see the both of us together mm-hmm. then she started asking us i don't see you anymore i like, know i honor her i remember her on her birthday yes I october too. 15th i still say happy birthday um I had a moment on my wedding day when I saw us at rehearsal, Melaine walking down, you walking down, my sister walking down. And I know if she was still alive, she would be a part of my matron of honor. So I remembered her on my wedding day and, um, it was, it, I remember just having like, man, she would have been here. I know she would have been here um, type of moment. And so I remember her with the, with Azriel's birth. Cause oh, it's like, wow. you know, I would call, I would have, she would have been someone that I called to say your niece is here. You know, um, I would have loved for her to meet Jameson, like so many things that when you, take a seat and you look back of all the great memories that you've had in life that you know death ends it Mm. you know you can't create new memories and so what I want to tell my listeners I know we can no longer create new memories um, with Shasha since 1996 December of 1996 20 almost 24 years is he Mm -hmm. But we can create new memories, me and you, thinking about her, honoring her, um, and honoring her life by living our life. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things that I like to say is, is my model, this life is not perfect, but it must be lived. This life is not perfect, but we're required to live it. And so it would be a disservice to her life if I don't live my life. Because she was trying to live it. Yeah. 
So I would say what I learned from her is trust God, mm-hmm. show up, be real. And we did a lot of laughing. We did. We did a lot of laughing and teasing each other. And mm-hmm. so she gave us the best time of her life. Um, yes, the safe, selfish nature of us wanted to have her forever. Mm-hmm. But the reality is we're all going to have to say goodbye. And it's the hardest thing to do. But if we learn the beauty in saying goodbye, I believe purposeful living is possible. Agreed. Agreed. Namaste. <laughs> I love you, friend. I love you, girl. You took me. One person. Only you could have done this. Took yeah. me back. Yeah. To some stuff that I probably got to work on. <laughs> hmm but, and I still think I have some stuff to work on too. Because mm, I thought, stuff. yeah, you know, and talking about it and bringing it back and kind of being silent for a moment, even yeah. preparing. I texted you, I was like, ooh, this yeah. one might be hard. Eee, I it's think bringing it's the first time we've ever talked about it, openly spoken and mm-hmm. realness. Because I think mm-hmm. we briefly, because I think when you came to visit me in Gainesville, my first year, Mm-hmm. I didn't know how she died. You're the first person I've ever heard that part. Mm-hmm. Where she died of the brain aneurysm. I was like, what? Mm-hmm. I had to go and research all of that. Yeah. But none of those things, all the unknowns, mm-hmm. that's it. So you got to fill it in. And I think with the more knowledge that you know, and thank you for doing this. Thank you for having it. Mm-hmm. And with your grief, podcast i think it will be a platform to work through things mm-hmm. but you did stir up some stuff i know we'll process after this call <laughs> <laughs> we'll process some more but i love you friend i love you too thank you for doing this and you thank know you for having me i'm not gonna go too much in this one but you know sometimes grief comes in layers how long after before you had your bad accident and I was by your hospital bedside. There's a part two in it. I there's a, there's a part two and you, you took me out girl. I, I mean, we got kicked out. I, I got kicked out the yeah, ICU I, room. I'm glad you remember that. You seen that? I remember I that much. With. Cause I, I mean, I was like, not, not, not who I'm be with. Yeah. help me but um yeah that's another episode for another day because i don't even want to go there and begin to try to process that we need to process mm-hmm. what just came up for us after this call so thank you <laughs> thank you wow didn't i tell you that would be good it it really was amazing just to Go back, reflect, and think about our good friend Shasha. I loved her. Ismaine loved her. Her parents loved her. Her siblings loved her. Um, Everyone who knew her loved her. And the importance of us going back to that dreadful day was realizing there was some things that, although we experienced it together, 
we remembered certain things and it shaped us and our thinking and our belief about heartache and death and grief. And so I'm excited that we looked back, we laughed, we cried, we talked, we shared, and we supported each other in a difficult or what could have been a very difficult and challenging grief chat. And that's why I love my girl. Like we can reflect, we can laugh. Um, That's that emotion that happens with grief that you feel happy, you feel sad. Remember, we remembered little things that people said. She remembered details of the event that I didn't like running in front of a car, um, which I don't recommend. But that's the beauty of talking about grief and not running away from it. I am so excited. I'm so honored um, that we were able to do that. Ismaine is just not my friend, like I said before. She's my best friend. She is amazing. She's more like a sister. I love her dearly. And we both believe that showing love while people are alive is vital. And we do that to the best of our ability. I even realized that there was some surrounding church hurt that both of us experienced that we didn't even know subconsciously had affected us. Um, And that's why it's important that you have conversation. What I want you to know and realize that grief is personal is Maine and I had this dreadful experience but we remembered it two different ways. I want to tell you, our hearts were broken that day. Our hearts continue to break when we think about Shasha. But we were united in a love that is forever by her presence on this earth. And for that, I want to say, we honor you through our chat. Shasha, you lady, Justine. She was loved, she was loved, and she will never be forgotten. Okay now, Grief Crusaders, you know what time it is. It's time for me to remind you to rate the podcast episode. You can rate it with five stars and leave a review. That's how other Grief Crusaders find us. Let's get on this mission and helping people deal with their unresolved grief by listening to the podcast, tuning in, providing their feedback. Because my goal is to get us to a place where purposeful living is the goal, no matter life's storms. With that being said, I'm Herdeen Mercier, your chief grief crusader. Ciao, ciao.